tune up the band and lock in the tavern Tula for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside just Dan and Reardon this week as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Gentlemen, Steve is no longer with us for at least for one week. How are we feeling about that? Actually, how are we I'm this the... week? It, I'm feeling good. I it's like of all the times now he's been here so often. Like I'm like, holy shit! Oh wow, okay, he's not here. All right, it's back to it's back to the old school. I know it feels weird. <laughs> oh, it feels really weird. How are you? How are you, Dan? I'm good. I'm getting on. Things are not as crazy as they uh, as they were. Oh, ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. I have a bit of I have a bit of a low period, so I'm a bit happy that I can actually, you know, breathe. <laughs> it's always good to have a little bit of breathing room, you know, especially with work stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a bit, uh, but you know, we're, we've we're we're now into this new month, so uh, yeah, um, the big stuff is happening, and I'm and I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> In other news, though, I have started making preparation work for a future stream of ours, and uh, well, basically, I've shown I've shown Dan it. I want to get Reardon's live reaction to it to it to to a sensor to a sensor logo I've made for a future stream. Mm-hmm. I feel like okay. you need to have a look at this. All right, live reaction to whatever the heck this is. Let's find out. Except, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, would, would you have it any other way? Let's be honest. The right to censor Stephen Richard. <laughs> no, no. It, it's like, meant to be. It is, but um, oh my goodness, <laughs> I have far too much time on my hands. Anyway, <laughs> we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. You know, guys, we will not be censored. We will not be stopped because we are always pending other platforms and always will be. Because it's for your own good. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we get on to our episode all about Yoshihiro Tajiri, it is time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 down. Wrestling news. Oh, I feel like there's only one story to talk about that happened yesterday, didn't it? Yeah, there is only (laughs) one story to talk about. There's a big dog in town, and we aren't talking about Roman. (laughs) We go, bro. In other news, Cody is going nowhere fast. (laughs) Did did, did Cody get... no, I'm not actually going to use that word. No, <laughs> I was going to use a certain Let's word. It... I was like, no, I shouldn't. Let's put it like this: Cody is now in the Phantom Zone. Yep. And I think one, I think one part I love out of all of this is um, a how obviously this is having to be a response to everything changing because of everything that's happening in the wrestling world right now. Um, <laughs> Because uh, for those of you who haven't been following the story, uh, it is getting uh, a lot thicker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, more things are happening which are not good for McMahon's case. 
Uh, if memory serves me correct, the news came out the about the uh, what? Well, what the FBI found in their search warrant last year, and um, yeah, let's just put it like this: federal agents are now involved. <laughs> oh yeah, he's under federal just... investigation. Turns out there's more than one NDA that has been signed and made by Vince McMahon. As a matter of fact, there are several, several more that haven't even been ignored, that haven't even, well, sorry, that not even WWE are aware of. Just, uh, okay. It's so over. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, going to this. I was going to say, you know it's more over when one of the people that are named in that court document is now claiming to be a victim of Vince McMahon. Oh, wow. Wow, that's... that's Okay. All you know I'm what? saying, Johnny Ace, is, well, you didn't outright say that it wasn't all false, which means he's, he's, he's employing the tactic of, well, if I'm going down, you're coming with me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As for, <laughs> yeah. As for what, you know what? I just got to stick on Cody. I've really got to yes, stick on. Stick I was going. I was. I was going to. I was going to pivot back and say, going to Cody. Go to uh, Cody. This has been. I got uh, Nick Khan has said, deploy the rock. It's about drive. It's about power. <laughs> I'm just like. I'm. I'm. A, I'm gonna keep it a hundred. It was over ages ago. <laughs> like, let, I'm, I'm sorry. I am so sorry, but I'm going to keep it 100. We we all know the time. We all know the time it was that he should have won. And he didn't. And then it was over. That was it. Look, right. <laughs> let, like, me, let, me, let, me, let me put it like this, right? And I've, I'm only saying this because as a point of conjecture, I think it's incredibly hilarious if this is the case, that The Rock saw Hiroshi Tanahashi become president of New Japan and then uh, immediately give himself the six-man title and be like, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, the, 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 the New Japan TV title. And she'd be like, yeah, I can do that. Got onto the board of directors and was like, now give me the match against Roman in the in the place that's going to give us the biggest gate. And frankly, that's wrestling heritage, as much as I hate it. Although it is very, very hilarious to see all the people who called for Rock versus Roman now be angry that Rock versus Roman is happening because they've acknowledged that it's a fucking awful idea. Yeah, just, just straight up, like, <laughs> I, you know, like, I, if I'm, to be honest, when I got when I got the messages about it, I just kind of, I just laughed, <laughs> I because I was just like, and here it is. They Literally, the, mo- <laughs> the, the moment I saw this happening, I was immediately just to myself being like, oh, it is so Jova. It yeah. is so <laughs> Jova. <laughs> like, I can't, I, like, I can't help but laugh because it is, I don't care what anyone says, it is so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, did you see Cody's reaction and face? Just like he was smiling when the, when the, uh, when, uh, when old Dwayne was whispering in his ear, and he immediately turned to just deflation. And he walked out. He walked out of the ring. Have fun competing for the world heavyweight, Cody. Yeah, it's just so fun. Yeah, him having to just literally walk away. I... What can that be said than other than a get fucks? Like, honestly, the disrespect is real. It's so real, and I gotta admit, I do find it kind of funny in a in a 
jet black dark sort of way. That's what you get uh, for starting a rival promotion. Uh. It, it really is something. It's, it's almost like some weird, like I want to be there and do like the cosmic karma joke, but it's not even cosmic karma. It's just someone being a hater. Yeah, and it's let's not. not even, let, let's like, not forget that's kind of apropos for Cody because soon enough he will be hailing from the cosmic wasteland. Oh yeah, baby, Stardust is coming back, and it is. <laughs> no, I. You know what? I can't even call it. You can't call it karma. It's just the the, the closest is I. I want to say like an everybody hates Chris ending. Yeah, where it's just. No, you just, it's literally just get fucked. Literally just, you don't get what you want. You can do everything you want and you still get fucked because The Rock is The Rock. Goodbye. That's Everybody it. Everybody hates roads. Just. <laughs> just. There's nothing you can do when The Rock turns up. Yeah. And I'm just like, and even, okay, so saying, setting Cody aside, okay. like they all did. <laughs> So, uh, but this this could be good, right? I, I'm just gonna say this right now: the the Rock looks so far out of ring shape. I, I mean, I don't even know what to tell you. He's in Hollywood shape, which is worrying. I was saying he's in film. He's in film shape. It, it does worry me. That uh, it does worry me slightly. I mean, of course, yeah, of course, it's gonna draw people to mania well that's, yeah that's their main it's, gonna, it's gonna draw result. people to mania but then in theory though isn't there the possibility has happened to saudi i was gonna say is that i mean is there i mean there is a very real thing that this is going to be the drizzling because that's because that's because that's what i saw people saying like, i saw people saying it was it was planned for saudi yeah, I mean, as I said, is there? And if it's if it, if it if it's planned for Saudi, then oh my brother! Yeah, I I I almost like like the dark the dark gremlin part of me is begging for it to be announced at Saudi Arabia because just, just if if, 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 top, if, it, if, it, if it gets announced at Saudi immediately, my my percentage odds chart of of The Rock winning that title jumps like a solid like thirty percentage points. Yeah. Do you think? I don't. I don't know. In in Saudi, <laughs> this mm. is this, the same country where the crown prince said, "I want to see Yokozuna," despite the fact that he'd been dead for decades. Ah, uh, yes, that's true. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 Look, I'm the 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 Rock winning the title in the in the biggest Middle Eastern media market, which has a massive public investment fund to drive events and promotion towards the country. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think yeah. there's a strong chance. No, you're right. Especially you're right. for especially for a businessman like The Rock. Now, because yeah. because also, do you want The Rock's really invested in tequila? <laughs> Yeah, well, he is he is really invested in tequila. No, making sure his films get shown in Saudi Arabia because <laughs> they only allow a certain amount of foreign films a year. <laughs> I, oh man, oh man, you know, like <laughs> just do it, do it. Let's let's light this Rock, candle. I know, I know, the, I know. The Rock is there in the board of directors meeting, just being like, "It's what's best for business." <laughs> I, I. <laughs> I need, I need, for some reason, I just need there to be no hope. And and and, 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 and and if that if that happens, if Roman loses to The Rock in Saudi, <laughs> we might see the most aggressive 
online response we've ever seen to uh, to wrestling booking. Like it, it, this could be beyond generational. I feel like this, this could cause this could cause like ancestral trauma. I feel like the 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 the, the touch paper has been lit. It just they just need to they just need to pull the trigger for the whole fire to start. Yeah, it's true. It's real true. <laughs> I... Like Cody, like Cody's going to be facing Seth Rollins with one knee for like the world heavyweight championship thing. We're all still going to be here wondering why Volta hasn't been given the title yet. Yeah, yeah. Just because I because I'll be honest, right? There's all this stuff where they've had to pivot away from Brock and whatever, right? I get it, but like, why why are you not giving that spot to to Volta? Yeah, he is tailor made for it. I he's don't literally he's literally made for that spot of giant block of a human that can and will kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like, I, oh, sorry, Garmin. No, I'm just like sitting here. I'm just sitting here, like kind of feral. I won't lie. <laughs> I I feel like this combined with all of the stuff like like both in like both like in and out of the ring, WWE WWE is just speed running <laughs> some of the worst shit. Do you know what I mean when I say like it, it it's a very it's a very strange but weirdly pleasant feeling to be wishing on the bad timeline knowing I don't exist in it. Yeah, yeah, you, you know how you, like I'm an outside I'm an outside observer to the bad timeline happening. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Spoilers for a 30 year move 30 year old movie. You know the ending to Donnie Darko? Yeah. Yes. That's how I feel. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> just just sitting down waiting for the plane to drop, laughing all the way. And I find it kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Mad World should be the promo package for Cody versus Seth. Oh my god. Oh my that would be, that would that would frankly be most too on the nose. Yeah. Now look, fellas, there have been a lot of people that have been like, oh, but come on, come on. Maybe you maybe this is all setting up for Rock to actually give it to Cody or setting him ah! up to motivate him. To Cody. <laughs> you you all I'm saying think is this that the Rock is dropping that title to Cody Rhodes. All I'm saying is no, 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 no. People are thinking that he's gonna actually give the title opportunity at Mania to Cody, to which I say, you are giving WWE too much credit for being smart. Cause I, they're not. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm straight up like I want to know how it feels to be that fucking naive. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> there is no way on God's green earth that is happening. Oh, <laughs> people, people are genuinely, like, genuinely thinking that. There are a lot of people that, oh, but what about a triple threat? I'm pretty sure it's going to be oh, a triple no. threat, to which I'm just saying, no, Cody made his intentions clear. He's not facing Roman at Mania. <laughs> Like, like, Jedi mind I, us all. <laughs> like that, and I don't use this. I don't like using this word because I think it's kind of like dumb. But there's no other word for it. That is cope. That is the most hope shit I have ever heard in my life. No, 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 no. It's in AEW, Reardon. Ah. <laughs> Just. Oh my god. Just. I, I I am yeah. I think we're unanimous. We are all here rooting for the bad timeline because why not at this point? Yeah, because why wrestling, wrestling's weird enough as it is. We want we if it is a bad it's, timeline, I'll embrace the bad it's, timeline. It's it, 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 it's 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 the I think it's like the 
the hope that destruction will take us to a better place. Yeah. Are you trying to say that like WWE's we, downfall will be Nirvana? <laughs> yeah, you know what? No more I say it. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking more in the uh in the in a very kind of dark soulsian we must immolate ourselves to be reborn to a higher being. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we burn it all to like let everything else regrow. <laughs> You know what? Suddenly, Cody Rhodes' head exploding in Captain Laserhawk makes far much more sense now. I thought you were going. I thought you were going to make a joke something along the lines of like, "What if Cody's head just did that?" But you know what? That wouldn't surprise me either. And then suddenly, Rayman comes <laughs> out and realizes that it was him all along. <laughs> ah, that suddenly makes Cody's appearance on that and ne- on a Netflix show even more. It's just. It, it, it's just like. You ju- you just look at it and you just you just kind of like you want to ask yourself why, but you know you'll be left with more questions than answers. True. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Just, just. I I like all I, all I can do is laugh like the Joker at the end of Mask of the Phantasm. That's all I can do while everything burns around me. That's it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Adrenaline in the on the track. Cody Rhodes is now at the back. <laughs> Just Ah, oh, it is you can't you, look let everybody uh, anybody who's listening who is genuinely upset, just remember it is wrestling, so it is you should more yeah, than anything yeah. laugh. It is because mm-hmm. it is fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. In the end. It's just, it's wrestling, baby. Just, it's wrestling. <laughs> Shall we get on then to recommendation corner, fellas? Yes. yes. Reardon, what have you got for us this week? So, um, so we got some sad news. Um, literally, just like I think, like yesterday, last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last night. That that a legend has now passed from this world. Carl Weathers. Had passed away, which hurt, which hurt yeah. a lot. I'm not even gonna front. Like it hurt. It's one of those ones that hurt more than I anticipated. Yeah. Just wow. Like just the, the, the legitimate titan is gone. And, 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 that, I is, was... and that word is yeah is so apropos. Yeah, like. It's a real you don't know what you have until it's gone kind of mode. Carl yeah. Weathers has been had been such a presence for so long that to have him gone is just kind of just a real wake up call. Like wow, that's people are going like it's just straight up. And I was kind of I was kind of stuck on what I would recommend in his honor, but. When I thought about it more and more, I feel like even though he's technically not in it, I have to recommend Creed as the best tribute to Carl Weathers. Mm -hmm. You know what? Yeah, I think I think of all the of all the movies, that's the one because it just shows the entire movie is just wow. Carl Weathers really is just the fucking man, isn't he? God, was he so fucking like you? You you dream as an actor to have a role that just supersedes you, 
and kind of will live on forever. And my exactly. God, was a Paulo yeah. Creed that character. Yeah. That's the thing that kind of made me really think about it, because you know, Rocky is a Rocky is a folk hero. The entire yes. movie is oh yeah, a, yeah, well, is a folk movie. The that the classic thing that you know you that you would tell around the campfire, but. For that, you have to have the perfect, well, not a villain, but the perfect antagonist. And Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed is the perfect antagonist. Yes. And while I'm thinking about it, this is actually off the cuff, this is live, I'm actually going to recommend Rocky 2. Mm-hmm. Which I think is highly underrated and has some of the greatest acting from Carl Weathers about uh, about what what if a folk a mythical ma- a mythical legend had had been bled and now has to deal with that knowledge <laughs> he's not wrong he's not wrong it's just he is just the best in he's a delight in literally everything he's ever been in oh, he was incredible as Dylan mm-hmm. in the flipping predator he he is an incredible Incredible presence in like in a movie, like like the fact that the fact that like a handshake is is one of the best moments in that movie. Mm-hmm. Proves just that like Carl Weathers has a presence that can match Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, like, absolutely. And. And I think it's criminal that he did not get a get a like a real like proper run like obviously action jackson oh yeah. what a i don't care what anyone says i really do like action jackson which which really kind of feels like a what could have been if he had mm-hmm. more action jacksons yes if he had more of those kinds of like i i kind of see him like he could have had like even though he did he could have been like even more like a keith david oh Yes. I really feel yeah. like he, like for a man with that much presence, he was quite underutilized, and yet everything he was utilized in, they utilized every single bit of him. Yeah, just, just an incredible, just a force of nature, and a man who absolutely deserves to have, I think, the greatest nickname of all time, the Count of Monte Fisto. Whoever thought of that name <laughs> deserves all of the That's... drinks he can ever have. That is a straight-up all-timer name. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, also given the Master of Disaster, a name that Muhammad Ali himself said, shit, I wish I had that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Like what? What can I say? What can I say other than when Muhammad Ali is giving is giving you props? Like what else is there to say? Rest in peace, Carl Weathers. You will be. You have you have been. You will be immortalized forever. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, could not think of a better kind of a better tribute, my man. Hmm. Alrighty, let us get on to the main portion of our episode. Our look into the life and career of Yoshihiro Tajiri. Fellas, what memories conjure up when you do think of Tajiri and his career? One of the most 
weirdly iconic wrestling jeans I've ever seen. <laughs> I oh, you, the, you that like the look, the the, the, the yeah. the Tajiri look absolutely cooks. Yes. Just incredible shit. Now hey, are you are you are you a red flame or a blue flame kind of guy? I gotta go. I gotta go for the blue flame. I yes. really like. I don't. The blue I, flame I, is heat. Literally. I don't even. I don't even think it's. I don't even think it's much of a contest, frankly. Damn right. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm. I'm shared in that sentiment of the blue. Yeah, you're surrounded by truthers, man. Uh, but then again, there's the hustle. Uh, the hustle trousers as well, uh, Dan. Yeah, that, which are their own thing. <laughs> anyway. Let's start right at the very beginning of Yoshihiro Tajiri's career. Born in in September the 29th of 1970, Yoshihiro Tajiri grew up in and around Tamana, Kunamoto, Japan, and and actually had a love for combat sports from a very young age, originally wanting to become a kickboxer and began training in the sport. Actually had a lot of prowess. Apparently he was uh, he was feared for having very snappy kicks, which let's be honest, translated very well into later, later into yes. his wrestling career. <laughs> but it actually wasn't wrestling from Japan that got him interested. It was actually Lucha Libre that got him very interested into becoming a professional yeah. wrestler. You know what? I really can see that. I really, like, yeah. that doesn't surprise me at all, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I definitely get it from a stylistic point because, I mean, I, I the first time I saw something literally breaking, I was like, "Holy shit, what the fuck is that, man? That looks amazing." Yeah. <laughs> so he would go under the tutelage and find the gym of one animal Hamaguchi, who had a very different way of being of actually getting students and young lions, you could say, to his gym and to train. Did he just walk out on the street and just go, "Hey"? Do you want to join a wrestling gym? No, they actually made he actually made the young lions compete in a tournament in order to actually become oh. part of the training school. Oh, okay, true. <laughs> and so happens that Tajiri was one of the winners of said tournament and began training under Hamaguchi. Eventually, though, he would make his debut professionally in 1994 for IWA Japan. I can't lie. Having tournaments sounds like a very weird setup to decide who trains in your gym. <laughs> Just a little bit, huh? <laughs> like, 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 like. What? I, I, I need to know the concept. I'm guessing uh, not much is known, but what I do know is that it might have been like. It could be just kind of like a like your typical style King of the Ring type yeah. tournament. Um, I again, I couldn't really read. Is much it? Or find is it? A, is it a work? A shoot? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, that's the thing I want to know. I I can only imagine that it probably had to be in a shoot if you're trying to. I have to. A as, spot. I have to. As, I have to assume that he was having people have shoot contests. You have to. I like. I. I you can't. I can't think of anything else other than that. Can you? <laughs> so, uh, de- debuting in IWA Japan, course, in a losing effort to Takashi uh, Akano. He would eventually get more training here and there with some of the students and members and roster of IWA Japan, including uh, the great Kojika and uh, Miguel Perez of all people. <laughs> okay, that is a very interesting pick. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, though, he would end up leaving IWA Japan to end up competing for Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Where he Wait. Was- oh, oh, sorry. 
God. I'm sorry, back up. Big Japan? Big Japan is a bloody... Have we never doctor. told you about Big Japan? This is the first I'm hearing about Big Japan, honestly. Uh, oh, so, AKA, 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 BJW, the most unintentionally funny wrestling promotion name <laughs> ever. <laughs> what do you know? I was going to say, does it, take, oh, does it come as no surprise then for a name as BJW? They are a hardcore blood and guts promotion, a la FMW. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am such a child. Continue. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, he would debut under the name Aquarius. No, he. Um, f- now, from what I've heard, that he did not come out to. This is the dawning of the. Come on! There is only one reason you're called Aquarius. <laughs> tell me, he at least. Tell me, he at least had a promo where he said, "This is the age of Aquarius." I wish he. I wish I knew that, Reardon, but I, nothing has turned up. I, I. You know what? I want to. I want to believe. I desperately want to believe. <laughs> So he would end up, of course, as I said, having a couple of uh, doing uh, under the name of Aquarius would end up being in Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Around 1995, I found something very, very interesting. Having an excursion with a with a brand deal with the NWA, he would go over to New Jersey to have a couple of oh, matches God. under the NWA banner. He ended up having two matches against then NWA World Heavyweight Champion Dan the Beast Seven. Yeah, because <laughs> I was gonna say you said this was nineteen ninety five. Okay, we're a li- are we we're like a little bit pre NWA Wild Side, so yes, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Damn. Okay, there's not 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 true New Jersey sicko shit then. But again, the idea of Tajiri versus Dan Seven in NWA is fucking wild. Yeah. I'd love to. I, I I would love to see what those look like. I do as well. Unfortunately, I couldn't find any footage because I was determined. Well, yeah, because it's it's it. NWA from 1995. Yeah, Basically, none of it exists except yeah, that is lost championship time. wrestling. Trying <laughs> trying to trying to find stuff from NWA Wildside. Was it was it NWA Cyberspace? Uh, yeah. God, trying to find footage from any of those is like a, just a straight crapshoot. It really, yeah. really, really is. So, 1996, and a very weird and a notable move in uh, Big Japan, uh, Yoshihiro Tajiri was booked to defeat Dr. Wagner Jr. to win the CMLL World Light Heavyweight Championship. But... Excuse me, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Take a couple steps back there. <laughs> Wait a minute. So yeah. the C uh, the CMLL World was it light heavyweight light heavyweight championship. Yeah, he beat Doctor was Wagner being Boy. defended in Big Japan. Yes, but... by Doctor Wagner Junior yes. against Yoshihiro Tajiri. Now this is an Antonio. This you is like are a... correct in saying that it was in Big Japan wrestling. <laughs> that was in Big Japan wrestling. You I'm... are not reading wrong. I'm not reading wrong. But this was an Antonio Inoki WWF Championship win sort of scenario where. He lost it a week later and was never officially approved by CMLL. <laughs> now, would you know that... Um... <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm still a bit confused by everything you just said. I was going to say, it comes as no surprise that CMLL uh, and, uh, and Paco Alonso didn't approve of it, but it was actually just... Tajiri and Dr. Wagner said, wouldn't it just be fucking funny if I lost the title to you? Oh my <laughs> Wait, so, so wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. You okay. tell me that all of this happened just because of the, just for the bands. Yes, just for the bands. 
Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, but the, but just even the even funnier about this is Okay, so CMLO have sent him have sent Dr. Wagner Jr. over to Big Japan Wrestling. Yes. In the course of planning this match, Dr. Wagner Jr. and Sajiri have gone to each other. It would be really funny if I just lost the title. I, is this the first case where someone has agreed to purposefully shoot to lose their title? No, that happened with Bob Backlund and Antonio Minoki when he won the WWF championship. <laughs> I... I love this guy. He went against his company as a shoot to lose the belt to cause inconvenience. Makes you laugh, doesn't it? I fucking love Mexico. I, I, I fucking love Mexican to... wrestling history. That's why I say it's when you read through the fucking title histories for like any of the fucking 60 belts that CMLL has had in its time, where yeah. there's just constant fucking asterisks. <laughs> Where it's like this person, this person lost the belt, but it wasn't recognized by CMLL because it happened on like an excursion to like to do a show in like Korea. Honestly, do you think that do you think that not recognized has a has a similar career to vacant in Mexican wrestling? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Without Just... a shadow of a can doubt. That, can, can that be a future episode idea? Unrecognized title holders? Yes. I, you want, know, I, want, I, want, I definitely really want to do that, for sure. Because there is a lot to talk about Anoki uh, uh, and his reign as WWE <laughs> champion. Okay. Oh. All right, you heard so, it here first, folks. <laughs> no, as we get to, into 1997, Tajiri ends up teaming with Big Japan legend Ryuji Yamakawa uh, to win the then-vacant BJW Tag Team Championships. Now, I just want to actually show you guys a picture of, of, of Yamakawa from 2018, and uh, I just think this is one of the best pictures I've ever seen of a wrestler. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. No, um... <laughs> he knows what's up. He knows what's up. You know what? I've got to say, that fit is so ridiculous that it wraps wrapped round to being pretty fucking like, good on him like yeah. like the thing is, he the thing is is it shouldn't work but he's playing it with so much confidence i have, I have no point but to be like i know what fair yeah <laughs> right, i'm gonna have to say this as well uh they would eventually lose these tag team titles in december of 1997 to actually i'm gonna let you guess dan what infamously legendary J japanese tag team did they lose the titles to infamous and legendary <laughs> An infamous and legendary Japanese tag team in the ninety in the late nineties. Let me just say that they have a book. Oh, um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh! Why well, can't I remember the name of it? I know exactly what you mean. Um, it's Jado and Gedo. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like I can't fucking. Of course, it's fucking Jado and Ghetto. Oh my god! Fuck who you. Else, who, who else? Who else would it be except Jado and Ghetto again? Who have the best shirt of all time? Fuck you. We are Jado and Ghetto. <laughs> I'm gonna get a picture of that shirt. It's, oh man, it's one of like the most infamous T-shirts of the '90s, uh, Reed, and that's how bad it was. It's just in big bold letters. Fuck you, we are Jadam and Ghetto. I mean, that sounds extremely 90s. <laughs> but they would, uh, um, again, 
they would end up actually uh, Yamakawa and Tajiri would end up regaining those titles 11 days later eventually losing it to the team of Shadow Winger and Shadow WX Tajiri would then defeat Gedo to become the first BJW Junior Heavyweight Championship but he would later be stripped of the title when he left the company (laughs) yeah but that that, that's like that's pretty standard stuff I, I can respect that although again the uh, the base position would be uh, leaving and then just taking the physical title with you anyway. Exactly, Absolutely. exactly. So before we get into WC, oh sorry, to ECW, let's talk about a couple of excursions that Tajiri made to other companies. He actually represented Big Japan in the Best of the Super Juniors Four tournament. He won three matches, but also lost three and did not advance from the first round. Um, uh, if memory serves me correct, the person who won. The 1990... Uh, no, sorry, the 1997, I should say. Yeah, well, I said 1994, didn't I, by, by, by mistake? Yeah, it's okay. I uh, have it to was, assume it's Jushin Thunderlier. It was El Samurai that actually won the 90s. Oh, okay. <laughs> but would you, would you believe me, Dan, that when I said yeah. that Robbie Brookside, of all people, was part of Block B of the 97 Best of Super That Universe? sounds like a thing that would have happened. Exactly, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, it, I mean... I mean, like, Chris Jericho was that... part of the best of Super Juniors in 97 as well, but we don't talk about Chris Jericho. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you, you know, you, you, you take what you can get. <laughs> but this is when Tajiri also, in a working agreement with Big Japan Pro Wrestling, debuted for the WWF. He made several appearances Again. for the company as a mostly enhancement talent for the light heavyweight division on Raw. Ah, the light heavyweight division. So he had lost his the, debut match. Uh, we see, we see that WCW are doing something cool. So we will do a worse version of it. Basically, it was a working agreement they had with Big Japan and uh, Michinoku Pro, uh, and this is how they got to sign. Of course, they're kind of like their their star Which is of the fucking light division. Wild. Haka Michinoku. That's fucking wild that WWE had an agreement with fucking Big Japan Wrestling and Michinoku Pro to create a light heavyweight division. Now, here's the funny thing about this. I found out recently on the most recent deadlock that Tucker wasn't originally meant to be the star of the light heavyweight division. It was supposed That sounds to be, entirely real. This was supposed to be the great Sasuke. Which is even more confusing. He was given a six-month contract to work in the light heavyweight division as their champion. And it turns out Dave Meltzer got this information and the next week found out that actually, no, that story never existed, that they never gave Sasuke a contract. This, despite the fact that Sasuke would end up wrestling three times with them for WWF. I just have to assume that they were there. They tried to... they. They were like, oh, <laughs> send the one person who knows anything that's going on in Japan. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, yeah, cool, great Sasuke. And then we're like, oh, we can't get him. Okay, then. <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> Literally anyone because, else, please. Because, like, Big Japan and Michinoku Pro are by no means, like, that massive in the in the wrestling world at this point. Yeah. They're like, I mean, but Big Japan's like, obviously has its reputation in in the regional scene. Michinoku Pro's like more well known for its talent rather than its shows. I mean, they were promoting shows kind of here, there, and everywhere. Mm. 
And we're more lucha than, uh, than yeah, they do, they, Puro, uh, promotions for sure. Yeah, because I think it's God, I think it's coming up to like 2000 yeah. when Michinoku Pro start doing US shows. Yes. They probably did some around 97, but they're oh, mostly they, doing them with with a with actually a, with their um their relationship with ECW that they started doing a lot more excursions. Yeah. And eventually shows. But they're, but, they're, but, they're, but they're by no means like big names. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, as I said, his debut would be a, a, a very quick loss to uh, Takamichi Noku, the golden star, as you say, the light, uh, as I said, of the light heavyweight division. His second... God fucking damn it. His second match. Brian Christopher. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> This is the infamous thing that I've, thank God I found, because I was so, I was a bit worried that I actually made this shit up, but this mm. is no, the infamous no, clip um... where I found, where, where for some reason, Sonny, um, who may I say is either drunk or high, uh, doing the ring announcing, or both, because it is 97, um, <laughs> is doing that, but this is also, of course, the very infamous thing where they've spelled Tajiri's name wrong. And it's actually spelled Tijari. No, okay. So when you said that you thought that you, like, dreamt this up, uh, the only thing that validated me on this is that you remembered this as well. <laughs> and, I, and I tried to find just a screen cap of it, and I couldn't. And I was like, there's no way this doesn't exist, because me and Sam remember this specifically. <laughs> and I was like, I swear I remember seeing one of those engagement farming Twitter accounts post this. Yes. And I was like, it has to exist. And then you found you found it. And I was like, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes Bella and Clutch on the chat. <laughs> it's just like so yeah, with this Tajari, all I'm just speaking of, but did someone have Atari on the brain? <laughs> there must that... have been. Surely, uh, that must be the only way, right? I mean, I assume so. I mean, I, I also think not far removed to believe that someone just spelled something wrong because they weren't paying attention. Oh, that too. I have, I have to remind people this was the light heavyweight division, which was WWE's we will put in 5% of the effort that WCW do and expect the exact same results. Exactly. exactly. It is, in fact... One of the one of the things that has existed in WWE of all time. Yeah, it was there. Uh, very few people remember it even existed for good reason. I remember Jerry Lynn's um, run as light heavyweight champion. You know when he went judgment day. <laughs> <laughs> Re realistically, beyond that and Takamichiroku, there's not much else to say. <laughs> that's, that's that's certainly certainly. True. Talking of ring introductions, I do remember Tony Chimmel's introduction of, of Tajiri, where he said it as Yoshi, hello, ha hiri. I kid you not, that's how Tony Chimmel introduced Tajiri. Bro, 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 was, bro was too busy thinking in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. This is true. This is very, very true. Alright then, let's get on to ECW. It's 1998. After working extensively in Mexico and in CMLL, Tajiri was hired by the Philadelphia-based promotion Extreme Championship Wrestling and would make his television debut on the Christmas Eve 98 episode of Hardcore TV. Uh, in his usual, in his then garb of the blue trunks with the blue kick pads. 
I'm going to pick up a victory against Antifaz Del Norte. Uh, I can't. I do not remember this guy at all, so apologies for that. But this would begin a most notable and very long uh, long storyline with his rival, famous rival, Super Crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. here we go. Oh, yes. man. Right. We're just... I'm not going to go into too much of this, but... Uh, yes. well, Well, not into the specific matches and stuff, but let's talk about the rivalry of Tajiri, Super Crazy, Little Guido, and Jerry Lynn. Holy crap, these matches are fucking awesome. <laughs> they, they, I don't know what it is about them, but there's so much where it's just like, now they genuinely kind of want to kill each other. Like the, the, the triple threat, especially with that involves yes. Jiri, Super Crazy and Little Guido are just <clears throat> incredible. <laughs> they, they go so much, they go so crazy. And it's like, they... They all work really well with each other, and they they all know how to really like contrast each other. Exactly, and they they and had like so many different matches: uh, singles, triple threats, four ways, tag matches. But you were always guaranteed that these guys were going to absolutely bring their game, <laughs> and boy, did they! I was one thing I always love about these four is that they all had such distinctive styles that so well complemented one another. You had mm-hmm. Tajiri having a very strike-based, but very influenced by Lucha style. You had, of course, the very traditional Lucha style of Super Crazy. The technical shoot prowess of Little Guido. Again, I've got to reiterate this to people. <laughs> Little Guido is a straight shooter. He spent time <laughs> he in UWF. That's how good he is. And Put course, some respect on his name. Of course, the old-school American stylings of Jerry Lynn as well. But you, you'd think on paper that those guys might not work or mesh as well. But by God, they all worked really well together. Yeah, they're all ready. They're all ready to just go every single time they meet. And it's they just go so good together. Uh, let's talk, and just I mean, like they, they don't. Hmm. What I love about their matches as well is that like obviously ECW goes crazy with like the weapons and stuff but I really like how in these matches they really hold off on it yeah they always like to like each one has a purpose and each one has a timing to it and I think it's really really good because it just really knows how to ramp it up each time I feel like we need to watch at least a match focus in the future of one of these matches to get a gauge oh, of how Reason would feel like watching at oh. least one of these triple threat matches. You know, it'd be certainly interesting. It would be certainly interesting. <laughs> I mean, work rate in ECW, fuck it up. It's really yeah, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's always the blood and guts promotions that have good work rate matches in America. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's like what I've said though, is that if you if you're looking for if you're looking for good junior heavyweight wrestling in the early 2000s no joke czw is the one for you mm. like, oh, i just remember. like it it genuinely they genuinely have some of the best junior heavyweight wrestling and it's so crazy it really it really freaking is it really is it, all this has reminded me uh Dad, do you remember uh, talking about the rivalry of Super Crazy and Tajiri? I am jumping a little bit ahead in the in the timeline. Do you remember the Mexican death match they had, where Super Crazy gets busted open and he's a bit groggy yes. on his knees, and yes. Tajiri yes. mocks him by doing the exact same thing? Okay, I- I'm going to talk about this now. We're going to talk about this now. We're going to do it now. Okay, 
ECW in 2000 has a lot of things which are not worth caring about. Yes. There is a lot of it which is not worth caring about. This match, which is on a random ECW on TNN taping, which is, yep. again, a wild concept to say. Um, they have this match, and oh my god, it is so good. Because it is literally super crazy trying to survive while an absolutely crazed man just tries to take his head off. And when I say he tries to take his head off, I mean pretty much all of Tajiri's offense is on his head. Yes. Wow. And it's amazing. And it, ha- it, ha- <laughs> it has one of my favorite spots of all time, which is super crazy, setting up a table to try and stop Tajiri, and then Tajiri sliding chairs across the top of the table to try and hit him in the head. It is incredible. And yes, I love this spot so much because Tajiri did it a few times and it's so good because it speaks so well to what kind of wrestler he is. He uh, very much revels in causing each other's pe- in each other's pain. Now let's talk a little bit about that and the character change that Tajiri would adopt in late 1999. As I said, he, uh, he originally wore a karate gi uh, and blue trunks and kick pads as part of his as part of the start of his career. But in early 99, he would begin to take a lot of elements from the great Muta, uh, who was one of Tajiri's biggest heroes growing up. He replaced it, of course, his trunks with the baggy pants, the long boys, as we said. Yeah, the bin boy. bags. And the pin bag. Yeah, and because of the, the because of the, the, the material, it really did look like he was wearing flaming bin bags. It's the it's the it's the uh, it's the it's the high spot seal of a qual- uh, seal uh, of quality uh, pleather yeah. <laughs> pleather trousers. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I began adopting the green mist spot, which of course I feel like with Muta alongside Muta is kind of like Tajiri's trademark at this point. It was also during this time that he would develop and bring a brand new submission move. Known as the Tarantula, which I don't care what anybody says. When I was making created wrestlers back in the day on SmackDown, I would always give my character the Tarantula. <laughs> as a yeah. fair. It's fair. It's fair. You know, that's actually to a point, actually. I think we'll have to talk. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later on in the discussion. But we should talk about Tajiri as a video game character. Oh, we, oh, we can do to, that, brother. Yes, we will yeah. absolutely get to that. So it was during this time of his change of character, he would align himself with Steve Carino, who promised him to teach him the American way and help integrate himself into the culture of the United States. <laughs> that was the reasoning as to their partnership. <laughs> wow. Okay. But with his notoriety increasing and the groundswell of support Tajiri was getting, this did offer him the opportunity to receive a World Heavyweight Championship shot against Taz at ECW Heatwave, as well as on an episode of ECW on TNN, but failed to capture both titles on uh, uh, the title on both occasions, I should say. He ended up, those ended up being some of the highest rated matches ECW had, because come on, it's Taz and Tajiri. Of course, they're going to yeah. <laughs> really take it to one another. Uh, he would end up again in 2000, though, having one more championship shot against Just Incredible, but lost once again, which to me, I simply say this. How, why, why, why is Tajiri losing against Just Incredible? Because <laughs> at that point in ECW, I don't know why, they were just really, really hot on him. 
Yes. Like, they would have really convinced that he was the way forward. And, I mean, like, no disrespect to the guy, but, like, you got to jury there. <laughs> Uh, as you said, though, uh, Dan, he had that amazing death match against Super Crazy in early 2000. This was all part of Tajiri, along with Steve Carino joining Cyrus's network group, if you remember. Uh, Don yeah. Callis was uh, supposed to be a network member of TNN and was supposed to be the foil to Paul Heyman in ECW. <laughs> It's such a great concept, though, of, of a heel in a wrestling company where he the, the heel is the TV executive. <laughs> so believe it or not, it was he is very literally the suit. <laughs> yeah. So believe it or not, in a freeway dance between Super Crazy and Little Guido, one of these freeway dances, Tajiri would end up winning the ECW World Television Championship, but was asked to have it to, by Cyrus to relinquish the belt to give it to Rhino. <laughs> But what did Tajiri do? He refused to turn the belt over and turned his back on the network, thus becoming a babyface. And his first title defense ended up being a no contest against Tommy Dreamer. Eventually, though, Tajiri would lose that title to Rhino and his rematch, and he did end up having a rematch a month after, but was unable to regain said title. This begins the unholy alliance. Oh, no. Ah. <laughs> uh. So, the sinister minister, good old James Mitchell, when he's not snorting oh coke. <laughs> it's actually, a, if you ask me, he's a player dad, good manager. And this actually absolutely proves it. The team of Tajiri and Mikey Whipwreck. What a combo of people. Yeah, that's that's a weird combo of people. <laughs> Their first, their first foray as a team would be to enter the World Tag Team Tournament for the EC, for the vacant tag titles. And eventually, they would end up getting all the way to the finals and winning it at Midtown Massacre. They would then, then this would begin a long feud with the full-blooded Italians. Eventually, losing the titles and regaining them a day after in a kind of like hot potatoing with the FBI... And eventually, though, would end up losing those titles at Anarchy Rules and again at November to Remember against the FBI. So, shortly after his alliance with Whipwreck and the Unholy Alliance, it was, uh, um... It was because of his amusing antics in the ring, his his mocking of opponents when they were a bit bloody and and, 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 and exhausted, stiff stiff offense with opponents, which can be heard all the way to the back, including his kicks, and his comedic yep. backstage vignettes immediately made him one of the most popular stars and wrestlers in ECW. Tajiri, though, with for all credit where credit's due to Tajiri would remain loyal to the company until it folded in April of 2001. As a matter of fact, he participated in ECW's final two shows in January the 12th, where he picked up a victory over Super Crazy, and the day after, where he lost to Super Crazy. Oh, no, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Perfectly balanced as all things should be. <laughs> So because of ECW's TV deal being cancelled in October of 2000, they had to make massive cuts. And this resulted in Tajiri wrestling for the company for lower wages and led him to wrestle more frequently on the independent circuit, not only in America, but also in Mexico. As a matter of fact, he also made an excursion to Puerto Rico in IWA. Oh, God. But <laughs> oh, he would end up actually in a losing effort trying to win the IWA Puerto Rico Tag Championships, teaming with Super Crazy, funnily enough. Huh. 
He would Interesting. Also, he would also try to fight Vi for the Hardcore Championship in a tournament, uh, an Invitational, but lost in his round as well. Did you know as well, though, in my surprise, that Tajiri ended up having a couple of matches for CZW in this time? Yes, I was aware of this. Because ah. isn't this isn't this, this is the period where he randomly wins the CZW heavyweight title? <laughs> yes, uh, I believe it was against Justice Payne. Uh, actually, no, it was twice he went to fight for it against Justice Payne, but it was actually Nick, Nick Burke. Yeah, he defeated Nick Burke to become the CZW. Who can I can I say? Uh, because we mentioned Nick Burke, shout out the name of his finisher, the Burker set. Yes, oh, unreal. Great, unreal. Great what a great name. Funnily enough, though, the same night as winning the CZW Heavyweight Championship, he would lose that title to Zandik. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, brother. The book. The book has got to do what the book has got to do. Ah, yeah. I guess so. I guess so. All right. This brings us <laughs> to his time in the WWF. Soon after the closure of ECW, he would be signed in 2001. And on May, on the May episode of SmackDown, he was. <laughs> He was debuted as the kind of backstage assistant to then WWF commissioner William Regal. Which he does surprisingly oh. well. Oh yeah. I I don't know. I love for some reason I love this pairing. Um but here's the here's a funny story for you. Regal did not like to do Yes. Oh no! That no, now it's much more of the case that they now actually are a little bit more friendly. But it was a time when, because they were both together and they were mostly having matches together and being part of backstage segments, that they would end up uh, riding down the road and uh, have sharing hotel rooms together. This is why Regal started to have a bit of a disdain for Tajiri because Tajiri was um, was a bit had very set rules into what he had. Uh, Tajiri demanded that he'd always drive, and okay. during these long, long, long drives from town to town, city to city in the US, no, no music. Oh. <laughs> okay. Now, okay. I have to say as well, Tajiri did not have a valid driver's license in the US. Don't worry okay. about it. Okay, but... Can we please, can we please have that Planes, Trains and Automobiles remake with Tajiri and William Regal? Yeah. That's, that's what I want. The, oh, film sound, the film soundtrack in complete silence. <laughs> I imagine it would be a, it'd be a mixture of like due date and lock. Yeah. <laughs> Just the, oh, I, oh, to be a fly on the wall on that. <laughs> But no, all we do know for certain is that 2001 was kind of a kind of a bit of a badder year for Tajiri because we're now getting right into the midst of the invasion angle. Uh, William Regal eventually goes off to play part of the alliance, but uh, uh, Tajiri becomes a comedic foil not only for Vince McMahon, who had a very infamous one where he said, "Well, I'm going to go to the nearest nudie bar oh, and get myself a drink. Come on, Tajiri, you're covered with me." <laughs> But also became the confidant to Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you remember during this time, well, I don't remember this. Stone I don't Cold, remember this. Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course, during this during his time as uh, as heel as a heel, and eventually, of course, becoming the leader of the Alliance. 
he was becoming a bit unsure of himself and was becoming a bit kind of upset about the situation at hand and wondered if he still had it. And this is where he would talk to Tajiri, who, by the way, was made to know um, was made to be a character who did not understand a word Steve Austin was saying. <laughs> And Steve Austin would pour his heart and soul to Jiri and said, Well, son, thank you so much, Jiri. I feel like you're the only one who understands me, son. <laughs> I don't need to know. <laughs> to which Jiri would just simply bow to Steve Austin. <laughs> I'm oh. trying to think about what an equivalent of this would be in the real in in this in this time. <laughs> I really this would be like God, what would this even be like? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even fucking know. This would be like, yeah, no, this would be like Rhea Ripley yeah. putting a, pouring her heart and soul into Asuka. <laughs> yeah, no, this is it. Actually, you know what? You saying that, Rhea, and I want to see that. That would be hilarious. That would be, that'd be, that would be great. But it'd be, it'd be that same kind of thing. It would be Rhea pouring her heart to Asuka and Kyrie Sane, but it's just Kyrie Sane, like, spinning the pirate wheel, steering wheel the whole time. <laughs> so, Tajiri <laughs> would be the last person to capture and win the light heavyweight championship. But eventually, of course, he would end up losing in a title unification bout with X-Puck, who was then cruiserweight champion. Of course, that merging the titles both together and eventually retiring the light heavyweight championship. Though, Tajiri would quickly bounce back from this loss as he would begin an on-screen relationship with Tori Wilson. <laughs> yes. This would also see, it was this storyline that would also see Tajiri capture the US championship from Chris Canyon. <laughs> Yes, so that would, is also a separate thing. That would he would quickly lose the belt to Rhino though at Unforgiven, and eventually though would go on to win his cruiserweight championship on Raw, becoming the first WWF cruiserweight champion at the in the process at Survivor Series. Of course, after the alliance and the home invasion storyline would end, Tajiri would continue his relationship with Tori Wilson, both being drafted to SmackDown. Eventually, that would make the Cruiserweight Championship a SmackDown-exclusive title in the process. Tajiri would go on to lose that belt eventually to Billy Kidman on an April 4th episode of SmackDown, would go to defeat Kidman once again at Backlash to win the title, only... 17 days. I just want to say that. 17 days yeah. after losing it. This brings us to that weird time where he turned heel by making Tori Wilson, forcing, I should say, Tori Wilson to dress like a geisha against her will. And it was because of this that a distraction happened where Tori Wilson stripped her the geisha garb and would lose the Cruiserweight Championship to the Hurricane. <laughs> okay, now... I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I for some reason in my brain, I feel like Tajiri and the Hurricane were like arch enemies. Yeah, there was a time when he turned yes. heel, there was a time he was definitely they were like definitely like he was the comic book foil to the Hurricane's like superhero. Right. Okay, so I didn't just my brain didn't just imagine this shit. Okay, great. That's good to hear. <laughs> so this God, this would start a time where Tajiri 
would of course try to foil and uh, well try to challenge and unsuccessfully uh, be unsuccessful in title reigns uh, or in title matches I should say against the Hurricane. But this led to uh, I believe if memory serves me correct this would end up quickly quickly becoming a face once more after the newly debuted Jamie Noble would uh, attack uh, would attack Dachiri. For, for the for, for the crime of touching his then girlfriend Nidia, this would lead to then yes. several cruiserweight championship matches. I believe two would uh, uh, two at No Mercy, one at Rebellion, and of course uh, both were successful again at this time. Tajiri would then in two thousand and three, for a good majority of that year, leave the cruiserweight division and set his sights on the tag team division. He would end up having various tag teams with the likes of Rey Mysterio, Rikishi. Funaki. <laughs> Eventually, though, this would lead to his most successful run of a tag team five days prior to the Judgment Day show. Chavo Guerrero tore his bicep, forcing Eddie Guerrero to look for a temporary partner. He saw that partner in Tajiri and, and would go on at Judgment Day to win the WWE Tag Team titles. Honestly, I think he just saw, he just went, hey, I have flaming. I have flaming ring gear. He has flaming ring gear. You, you see where I'm going with this, and then just <laughs> went with it. <laughs> now, if anyone's not seen this Judgment Day match where they uh, where they defeated Team Angle in a ladder match, I highly recommend going back and watching it. It's a bloody good match, as a matter of fact. Of course, their rematch would happen on SmackDown. Guerrero and Tajiri would have made would manage to retain their titles, of course, with Eddie's tried and tested method at this time. Cheating his way to victory. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eventually, though, Guerrero and Tajiri would lose those titles to Team Angle, now going by the self-proclaimed world's greatest tag team on a July episode of SmackDown. Thus, Eddie Guerrero would turn on Tajiri, slamming him through the windshield of his lowrider truck. The next SmackDown, though, fully though, it was that Eddie explained that this was because during the match, Tajiri had accidentally hit his lowrider. <laughs> Which you know what, for her, for her, for an, for the motivation of her of a of a then early two thousands Hispanic man, you know what? No, actually, no. If you do touch a man's yeah. lowrider, that is that is cause enough to beat yeah, the living like, loving crap out of him. You know, <laughs> there isn't enough. There isn't enough rivalries and storylines started by another wrestler hitting another wrestler's car. <laughs> come on, man. Come Have you seen? Have you seen how people in the street get when someone touches yeah. their car? Yes. Yeah, you you think that would be a you think that would be a layup? Like, as far as I can remember, not even Steve Austin a Steve Austin feud happened because of that. Yes. Like, kind of nuts when you think about it, right? It is nuts. It is nuts. Ah, uh, so more 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 of that, people. Come on, more of that. Anyway. Absolutely. So Tajiri would turn heel once again as he would make his return to the cruiserweight division, spitting green mist into Mysterio's eye, and Tajiri would now be accompanied by two people dressed in white-clad suits. Their names were Akio and Sakoda, and they were referred to as the Kyo Dai. They would interfere in a lot of Tajiri's matches against Mysterio and would eventually win the Cruiserweight Championship. Now, Kyo Dai didn't last very long. 
during this mm-hmm. time. Most infamously, part Keo died with part of a storyline where Jamie Noble and Nidia were once again on the crosshairs of Tajiri. And Tajiri spat black mist in Nidia's eyes, temporary, temporarily blinding her in the process. Yes. Which is really, really, really serious. Yeah. Now, Keo died quickly faded shortly after WrestleMania 20 as Tajiri shot the idea down as the American writers or the creative team in WWE wanted to make them more like the Japanese Yakuza and Tajiri to be uh, a Yakuza boss to which Tajiri said uh fucking no because if the real Yakuza saw this gimmick they would see it as a huge insult (laughs) (laughs) To which, you know what? I'm siding with Tajiri on this one, guys. I don't know about you. Yeah. yeah let's not. Let's not. Let's not get the yakuza in on this, please. <laughs> Let, especially given the yakuza's involvement in Japanese wrestling. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like. It's not like they're. It's not like. Oh, they're just a. It's just a threat. They are. Literally, like, the next office down in Japan. <laughs> Let's not piss them off. Yeah, just just, just a wee bit. But this, again, this is coming from the WWE, uh, where the creative team have zero clue as yes. to write a Japanese wrestler. May I, yeah. give, may I give case in point to what happened a few, mom- a few months after this storyline? A newly, newly, um, day, uh, a newly signed Kenzo Suzuki had just oh been signed God, to the company yeah. that was in development. And one yes. creative genius in the creative team decided to give him a gimmick known as Hirohito. He was supposed to be the ancestor of General Empress, I should say, Hirohito, from the Second World War. It's Raiden. like, it... What's, what's so wild about that is that uh, uh, what well, God, probably about exactly the same time as this, someone, um, oh, I can't remember his name now. He wrestled in Torimon. Oh, I, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Um, but they, they, someone had already done a better concept with that gimmick. Mm. <laughs> oh, I say gimmick, the character. Um, it was. Oh, Kinya someone. Oh, um... And he he would go to his matches as a Japanese Imperial soldier. But, it, but like, the thing was that he was, like, frozen in time. This is me... Oh, it's God, I can't like remember. Kinya Oyanagi. Kinya yes. Oyanagi. Ah, yes, that's the one. I'm he was gonna... doing that in... He did that in, he did that in Toriumon. I was going to say, this is starting to sound like Heidenreich's original gimmick. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that... it is a very, it's very close to Heidenreich. Uh, again, that, that that the story. Oh, I was going to say that's a story for another time, everybody. The story of Heidenreich's original gimmick and the fact that Paul Heyman was his manager. But you yeah, might, find story. that for yourself. Find that for yourself. Anyway, <laughs> all that happens. He kind boshes that. Following WrestleMania 20, when he was part of the Cruiserweight Open, Tajiri was drafted to Raw, where he once turned face and began feuding with the with Evolution for a good portion of 2004. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it was in 2000. Not much was happening with Tajiri. He he had a tag team, a short-lived tag team with Rhino, 
they failed uh, at winning the tag championships from La Resistance at Unforgiven. But in 2005, on, a, on the episode of Raw that emanated from the Saitama Super Arena in Japan, Tajiri reunited with William Regal once more to defeat La Resistance for the World Tag Team Championships. <laughs> The reign would eventually end at Backlash where they were eliminated in a tag team turmoil match by La Resistance. And Tajiri's appearances start getting more sporadic. He ended up having a three-way dance, uh, uh, bringing it back with Little Guido and Super Crazy at ECW One Night Stand 2005. He ended up having a, uh, a, a sort of small rivalry with Gregory Helms at this time on Sunday Night Heat. But in December 2005, Tajiri left WWE. He stated that he wanted to spend more time with his wife and family in Japan and actually wanted to actually pursue a career in journalism. Huh. Yeah. He would make a sporadic appearance, once again uh, returning to, uh, to, uh, to WWE at One Night Stand 2006, teaming with Super Crazy to lose to the full-blooded Italians. And would actually make one a one-off appearance in 2008 at a Japanese house show where he accompanied William Regal to the ring for a match against Ric Flair, which Regal lost. Now, let's talk a little bit about Hustle. Let's come back to Hustle. His <laughs> oh, return to Japan go. was actually at Hustle in 2006, defeating Kohei Sato, <laughs> of all people. <laughs> He defeated, I should say. It was actually a match. Oh, God, here we go. It was not only Kahe Sato, but it was a match that involved Tajiri Sato, the Monster PTA, and Yoji Anjo, with Razor Ramon Hardgay and Shinjiro Otani. <laughs> Unfathomably based construction you know, of people there. You know, Tajiri, you know, I don't know whether it's whether Tajiri was made for Hustle or Hustle was made for Tajiri. But Hustle that, was absolutely made for him. Yes. Yeah, like, that is just an absolute, like, that's like a piece of the puzzle being found. Like, So he was originally billed uh, and booked to be part of the Hustle Army, which was the babyface group that was, that was going up against the Monster Army. However, in a strange turn of events, Tajiri was hypnotized by Yingling, into joining the monster <laughs> army. I fucking love Hustle. Oh I God. love Yes, Yingling the erotic terrorist. I was going to say, please, please please, use her full name. Sorry, Yingling the Frank, erotic frankly, terrorist. Frankly, it makes it infinitely funnier. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tajiri was absolutely made for Hustle, and I like to think that the moment Takada started, uh, got, even got the concept for the promotion, he was like, yo, you're going to want in on this. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Would you believe, though, during this time, uh, during his time in Hustle, he also wrestled for All Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, he would make this his... is also a weird point in time. He would make this his... is this is prime uh, Great Muta All Japan. Yes, and he would actually finally fulfill a dream by actually facing off against the Great Muta in a losing effort in his debut. But both men. <laughs> finally realized the error of their ways and started teaming up in all japan yes which brings to me i think one of the greatest entrance taunts i have ever seen yes both men spitting the mist at the exact doing the same time oh. doing, doing the choreographed double mist goes brazy oh man uh, tajiri with the green mist and great muta with the with the red mist if memory serves me correct i've 
the idea of a missed beam battle goes so hard. It's 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 the Christmas mist, as I say, as I like to say. <laughs> I have a still, I have a still image for you right here, Reardon. Oh, let me show see you this. how hard this wanna... goes. Yeah, let there we go. Yo! <laughs> no! Oh my god, that's even better than I thought it'd be. It's so unfathomably, unfathomably based. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, they would team, of course, having a couple of matches against uh, Satoshi Kojima and Kaz Hayashi, uh, where the pair would, again, always use the double mist to achieve victory, which, again, blows mm. my mind that they would do the mist for the entrance uh, for the entrance taunt, but would also still be able to miss their opponents most of the hey, way that's through the... the... <laughs> that's the secret of the business, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tajiri would end up, of course, having a couple of title opportunities. He had a feud with then-triple-crown heavyweight champion Minoru Suzuki, which... Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> the thing uh, is, though, is they don't, they don't even work bad together. It works quite well. Obviously, All Japan at that time is, in fact, again, one of the wrestling promotions of all time, but... <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So Tajiri actually ended up winning against Suzuki in his title effort, but it was only due to count-out Tajiri, being absolutely pissed at this decision, went on to steal the Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship <laughs> from Suzuki. Now, because of Tajiri's refusal to return the titles, I love Minoru Suzuki, he created paper titles to replace them. <laughs> I would actually enter with said paper titles. And what I love about this is that this is happening in all Japan. This isn't happening in Hustle. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is all Japan. Yeah, but oh no, I really can't do that impression anymore. Fuck you, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> just, just Mrs. Barber. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Barber. <laughs> uh, so, Tajiri will once again, uh, will once again uh, face off against Suzuki in April of 2007 in a tag team match, in which the entire time Tajiri was going na 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 to Minoru Suzuki <laughs> the entire time. So. After the, at the at the end of the match, Suzuki losing via taran, uh, Tarantula. I can't believe I just said Tarantula, the Tarantula, uh, would then proceed to chase Tajiri across the uh, around Kurakuen Hall, only for Tajiri to jump the guardrail and steal the paper belts. <laughs> <laughs> so now Tajiri is the uh, I think is the uh, not not the quintuple. It's the set. Um, yeah, <laughs> the septuple crown champion. <laughs> so Tajiri would only return the titles in exchange for a title match against Suzuki, where he was unfortunately unsuccessful. Shame, really. Shame. It's a shame. <laughs> it was, he would also, in this time. All Japan and Hustle would make a couple of appearances in New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is uh he would he would invade in, uh New Japan when he would start a feud with Hiroshi Tanahashi by misting him after his title events uh, against Takashi Segura. He would then mm -hmm. eventually this would lead to him participating in the 2009 G1 Climax. Uh being successful in his first round match of his block, but eventually not making much of a dent in that tournament. He would, though, go on to pin Tanahashi in his block in the G1 Climax. 
only after using the green mist. <laughs> but this is when Tajiri, after Hustle folded in around 2009-2010, he began actually wrestling for New Japan a little bit more full-time. He would again end up having Tanahashi's number in, a, in, in, in multi-man tag team matches, but again would eventually just lose that feud to Tanahashi when he pinged him cleanly in a one-on-one -on -one match on the December 5th New Japan show. Tajiri then set his sights on Seigi-gun, led by Yuji Nagata. He would team up at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 4. Tajiri would team up with Masato Tanaka yes. to defeat the team of Yuji Nagata and I shit you not, Akibono. What? Akibono was everywhere at this point in time. Okay, I guess they were just, they, were, they were huge on Akibono. I guess just just keep get keep getting that work. I suppose. All right. Why not? I guess. <laughs> Although the idea of Yuji Nagata and Akibono as a as a combination is very wild from one of the foremost members of his generation of professional wrestling, and then Akibono. <laughs> Now, Tajiri during this time uh, would end up returning face and actually helping out Hiroshi Tanahashi from the then heel stable of Chaos. Uh, this would end up actually being a hair versus hair match where with help from uh, with uh, with help from Tajiri, Tanahashi would shave Toriyano's hair. Oh my god. <laughs> Tajiri and Tanahashi would end up actually ending up forming a tag team for most of 2009 and 2010. They even yep. took part in the 2010 G1 Tag, tag League. Actually ended up having oh, wow. a strong start in that tournament, but eventually were beaten by then tag team champions, the team of Bad Intentions. Giant Bernard and Carl Anderson, if you wanted to know. Yes, Giant of Bernard course. being a fucking course. Yes. <laughs> Tensai, if you will. If you will. So... To come here for a couple of other things, Smash was born from the flames was, of, okay. of Hustle. I wanted to talk about Smash. <laughs> please, Because okay. Smash, because for Reardon, Smash is like Hustle Light. <laughs> right, okay. Which is basically, what if Hustle had a smaller budget and was solely run by Tajiri? <laughs> that sounds like something i wish to hear more about one day <laughs> it is equally weird <laughs> <laughs> would you believe though that his first show that he was uh, that he was in charge of actually saw him book himself in a hardcore match against tommy dreamer <laughs> of course he would <laughs> of course he did he actually ended up having another hardcore match the same night uh beating mentalo in his second <laughs> Now, here's the thing that always gets me about this one, right? Tajiri and Tommy Dreamer would end up actually in the main event saving Kushida from Leatherface. Yeah. Yes, Leatherface. Yeah. A Japanese wait, 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 wait. gimmick who was basically a blatant ripoff of Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Reardon. It wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't blatant rough. It was. It just was a blatant. <laughs> it was just straight copyright infringement. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Hmm. Again, that's the, only, face, huh? that's the only thing really I can think of that's just really crazy here with with Smash. Um, well, that and they ha he had a match with Dave Finley for the Smash Championship. If I believe there is a still image of Finley, 
of Finley looking like he's having the best time there. If memory serves me correct, I believe it was the Smash promotion that also saw Dave Fit Finley take on Asuka. That's and an entirely that real possibility. I mean, personally, okay. I think you're forgetting about the other part of Smash, which which um, is often forgotten, which is that they also ran kickboxing events. Oh, yeah, they were a combat <laughs> sports promotion as well. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, here's the image, Reardon. I love this image. This is Asuka kicking Finley in the shin, and Finley, no, not too pleased about being kicked in the shin. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, that's an incredible photo. <laughs> I love it. I love that image so, so much. <laughs> so, let's talk about Wrestle 1 for a little bit. <laughs> Not great. Tajiri would wrestle his first match under a Wrestle 1 contract. Uh, <laughs> he would eventually... I mean... He would... Uh, God damn it. He would team with Yusuke Kodama where he defeated the TNA team of Ethan Carter III and Rockstar Spud. His only Jesus Christ. Thing, his only notable thing mostly after this would be uh, would be a, a tournament for the Russell 1 Championship, where he would lose in the first round to Matsukatsu Funaki. He would take place, he would take part in the first Tag League Greatest Tournament to determine the Russell 1 Tag Team Champions. Unfortunately, eliminated from the tournament in the semi-finals. He would go on and unsuccessfully challenge for the Wrestle One Cruiserweight uh, Division Championship. Again, he, he didn't really. He was more than anything, uh, kind of not being used properly. He was kind of being used as an enhancement talent at this time. But because of this thing with Wrestle One, it they developed a relationship with TNA, and Tajiri would end up actually having a couple of matches for TNA or Impact yes, Wrestling, I should say, in 2014, defeating Robbie E in his very first match, and eventually having matches with Austin Aries, James Storm, and the Great Sonada. He would also have matches. <clears throat> he would also have a Fatal Five Way match with Abyss, Mr. Anderson, MVP, and Austin Aries. Which is, like, the most confusing combat. That, that is prime I've left 2K universe mode on for too long. Yeah. So that was his... Austin, knowledge. Aries, Abyss, Mr. Anderson, MVP, and Tajiri. It really... So... Again, I feel like I have to... I feel like I have to mention the Wild World, the fact of... The, the TNA Bound for Glory 2014 from Korakuen Hall mm. with Tajiri and the Great Muta versus James Storm and Sonata. It, that is that is something. <laughs> that is that is so, certainly something. If it's it feels so wrong to say James Storm's name in a tag team with anyone else. <laughs> you no, know, you're right. You're uh, you're absolutely right. So, like if it, if it, if it isn't Chris Chris Harris or Bobby Roode. <laughs> You're right. You're absolute. <laughs> You're right at a cool current hall of all places. No. Uh, <laughs> so, it was on June the 19th of 2015 that um, Tajiri would actually only start to work sporadic dates with Wrestle 1 because he ended up actually forming and actually becoming, uh, uh, forming and actually having a new career as an acupuncturist. And as a matter of what? fact, from, from, a lot, from what a lot of people say, He's damn good at he's really good at acupuncture. I what made him want to do acupuncture? 
Do not ask me. I need me, to know. But it gave the world, as we get into his return to the WWE, it gave the world one of the funniest backstage uh, web-exclusive skits I've ever seen. William Regal, backstage, is receiving a massage from one of the trainers of the WWE Performance Center. Only for Tajiri to quietly shoo him away as Regal's got his eyes closed. And Tajiri stab a couple of acupuncture needles in Regal's face. Oh my god. To which Regal's like, what the bloody hell are you doing, sunshine? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. This Sam. Yes. As a, we're, we're in 2016 now, right? And yes, the Cruiserweight Classic. Okay. So, a little bit post-Cruiserweight Classic, um, Tajiri returned to All Japan for like two or three matches. Correct. But I would like I would like to read you a, just a quick rundown uh, of a uh, of the. You, you don't even need to hear the opposite team for this. Okay, are you ready for this listing of people? <laughs> uh, in 2016, 27th of November, Tajiri, Ultimo Dragon. Dory Funk Jr. and Chavo Guerrero <laughs> compete um, in a compete in an eight in a four man tag match <laughs> against Isami Kodaka, Asama Nishimura, the Great Kabuki, and Yutaka Yoshi. <laughs> and I, I, there's nothing more I can get over than the concept of Tajiri, Ultimo Dragon, and fucking Chavo Guerrero. <laughs> Oh, come on, let's not forget, like, really, really old Dory Funk Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. It's so great. So, yes, where were we? The Cruiserweight Classic. Cruiserweight Classic. Tajiri was announced as a participant for the for the tournament. Uh, much welcomed and returned to the company. He would end up winning his opening round match against Damian Slater, but was eventually bested by, then fi by finalist Gran Metalik. It was during an NXT special in Osaka, Japan, that Tajiri would team with Akira Tozawa, losing in an effort to the tag team champions DIY. But it was in December of 2016 that Tajiri signed a full-time contract to the, with the WWE and would debut on 205 Live. This would end up having a sort of small rivalry with Brian Kendrick at this time for 205 Live. Both of them having victories here and there, but Tajiri being unsuccessful for his pursuit for the Cruiserweight Championship. It was April 22nd, 2017 that he quietly announced his departure from WWE. According to him though, he had been medically cleared to return and compete from a small niggling knee injury that he picked up. But it was actually the WWE that decided not to use him because of his old age. Uh, they don't know what they've got. Everyone knows yeah. that Japanese wrestlers of this period get better with age. Dude, yeah, they age 40s. like wine. Yeah, they age like wine. He's still got that guy's still got twenty years of great matches in him. Exactly, exactly. Um, as Dan alluded to, of course, he would return to All Japan uh, around that time as well. Soon after his departure from the company, of course, that tag match was something to be uh, uh, to talk about. He would uh, he defeated Hikaru Sato to win the promotions World Junior Heavyweight Championship, uh, eventually losing that to Abi Atsushi Aoki. He would then defeat Jun Akiyama for the, uh, from the Gaura TV Championship. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> which is a rain that happened in the match that happened, which again I know I know also at some point in time in this there's a feud between Tajiri and Ultimo Dragon. <laughs> yeah, there is indeed. There is indeed. It goes on for like three months. <laughs> I believe for the World Junior Heavyweight Championship as well, that rivalry. It does. Well. Uh, this leads us as well to pre- what he's doing presently. Um, at the moment, he's at MLW, where he actually became the World Middleweight Champion. <laughs> because they're based. They know what's up. Um, he would defend this. Again, one of the most notable parts of, uh, of his time in Major League, of course, was defeating, uh, of course, Myron Reed, Ares, and Aramis to become the, the world middleweight champion. Uh, one of his most notable ones was where he faced off against uh, Jody Fleisch for the MLW middleweight championship. Which is insane. Which is, uh, uh, from, what, from all accounts, took place in Cheltenham, of all places. Oh my god. <laughs> and apparently, from all from all involved, was actually a very solid match. He would eventually lose that, though, to Myron Reed in a title defence in January of 2022. He, he makes appearances here and there for MLW, but also making appearances for Kyushu Pro Wrestling in, in over in Japan as well and that is where we leave Tajiri for his career he is still going at the age of 53 he is still if all in all yep. he's still doing most of the spots that he is famous for the tarantula the handspring elbow that he bounces off of the ropes with the the buzzsaw kicks he's still got everything in his arsenal and then some prove to me that I, guys uh... at, that, at that age can still go if they keep in relatively good shape look at Rob Van Dam. Uh... I, I mark that he has had four matches this year, according to Cage Match. It's crazy. Four matches already. So, like, before we end, I gotta talk. I gotta talk about this. A brief note on Tajiri as a player character in all those wrestling games. Okay. Everyone, everyone knows, right? If you were cool, you took your CAW's moves from Tajiri. Yes. Yes. If Absolutely. you were cool, if you were cool, then you were taking Tajiri moves. Right, that's I, what everyone knows. And I don't know why. I don't know what they did, but for some reason, Tajiri's like regular move set made him the perfect creator wrestler. Because I, for for me, what it always was was I always used to hate the basic moves. But then they'd give Tajiri stuff like so his basic strike would always be like a high kick. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. Handspring back elbow, cool. Um, I'm trying to think what else you would have in there. Um, lots of stuff like the 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 different hip toss variant, what what the WWE games called the Japanese hip toss. Yes, as well. Like just a lot of the moves were just a bit were just different from what you'd normally see, and so I think for a lot of us doing those games, we're like, well, fucking hell yeah, I want my character to have that. Who here always had one of their taunts as to Jerry's hangs bring front flip? Again, if you were cool, oh, that's God. what you did. Yeah. It's just... Anyway, come on. The buzzsaw kick? Come oh, what? so I'll good. Give you, I'll give the... Right. Ukes were great at animating moves, but my God, did they put mustard on Tajiri's moves. They, put... te- they put a little bit of the crack in that. They went yeah. hard with the animations for Tajiri's kicks. Especially this is the, the thing. kick. Because then I guess I guess a lot of his stuff would have required separate like mocapping and stuff. Yeah, they probably. And it fucking it fucking works. 
Man, I will always say this. Tajiri was such a great character to play. Because you could easily just... You could easily um, spam the kicks. But it was being able to uh, systematically break your, uh, your, your, your opponent. Uh, before they start throwing the controller in your direction by... Kick here, kick there, bustle kick, bustle kick, tarantula. Dude, fucking, um, was it Here Comes the Pain? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here Comes the Pain to Jiri? Go it. <laughs> Just. You knew exactly what you were doing when you were picking to Jiri on Here Comes the yeah. Pain. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Um, there's one of the later ones that has him as well. I can't remember which one it is. Is it one of the SVR games? I, you might be right. I think oh, Tajiri's last appearance um, probably would have been probably would have been SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah, because he was gone by yeah. the time 2006 came around. I'm fair. I'm, I want. I want to say. I want to say. NL did what did a story with him in one of the SVR games. I did a Here Comes the Pain one. Yes. I think but, um, Vegas, if memory serves me correct, I believe t- the NL did the SBR with Tajiri. Yeah. Um, but like again, dog goes crazy. Tajiri is a video game character. Goes goes into the wrestling character hall of fame. <laughs> it really does. It really, does. It really, really does. <laughs> but oh. again, though, it's the it's the same, bro. If you if your CAW wasn't stealing Rob Van Dam stuff, what were you doing? What was the point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> ah, as a matter of fact, actually, Tajiri's last appearance would have been. For a WWE game, would have been SmackDown vs. Raw 2006. Tajiri's last oh, appearance go. on an actual video game was the uh, Japan exclusive Wrestle Kingdom 2, developed by Yuke's as well. Yeah, that that tracks. Uh, that has some of the that has the kind of the most like craziest freaking uh, roster because not only do you have Abdullah the Butcher, Akibono, Antonio Inoki, Vader, Dory Funk Jr. You've got, like, again, you've got Tajiri, you've got Minoru Suzuki, you've got Rusuke Taguchi, Kojima, Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> I just know Inoki on that game is already a cheat code. Absolutely you know, is. There is something that I do want to ask you guys, in your opinion, and I, I've been thinking about this for a while, ever, especially ever since we put put this um episode on the calendar is Tajiri technically still the the most successful wwe japanese wrestler you know what i mean i i i i feel like i would have to argue maybe shinsuke takes that i see shinsuke is the only one oh well actually no no if i if i if i if i'm legislating it's oscar (laughs) but you know what i mean no, I know what you. I absolutely know what you mean. No, I'm saying in, in, in like straight in like in like straight terms. I think the 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 ruling would go Oscar. Yeah. I, I feel like if 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 I'm if I'm legislating a bit, maybe in like you know, if 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 I'm talking in IWC wrestling fan terms, then it has to be Shinsuke, because right. again, like fucking all that all anyone cares about is titles. Yes. Um, but I feel like Tajiri is one of the most enduring, and for that he feels yes. like he's the most successful. Or at least I would say, in terms of the like, and this is a phrase I can't believe I'm going to say, the American wrestling canon. 
Yeah. In this case, refer- canon referring to a body of work. Mm. Um, not a canonical timeline. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would argue he is probably one of the most successful in terms of like his impact and the response everyone has to him. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I mean, there is an, as I said, there is a debate to be had uh, there for, for certain. Um, I mean, again, I, re- I refer to the thing of if if people aren't, if people are stealing your shit, you know you're good. <laughs> and hey, who 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 else in the Japanese of uh, of a Japanese wrestler in WWE can claim to be Steve Austin's confidant? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a big that's a big prop. That's a big prop. Because <clears throat> I mean, there's I mean, there's that. I mean, personally, it's a thing. I, I actually, you know, I'll fuck it. I'll bring it up now. Do you want to do a brief a brief summary interlude on uh, Tajiri versus Rey Mysterio on SmackDown in like two thousand and like two? Go on. You know. You know what? Go on. I'm I'll, I will let you go. I'll let you go. Okay. <laughs> so there's this period in time. I want to say it's like either two thousand two or like two thousand six, somewhere around that, where for some reason I don't know why they start really bigging up like promotion of like the cruiserweight title mm. and they, 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 they i think they've got it on smackdown i'm fairly sure it's smackdown um and they're promoting all this stuff for it and there's just this point there's like this like section in it where for like a couple of weeks the entire booking prerogative is just ray mysterio and tajiri and just let them do whatever for like nine minutes and you just see some of like the just the craziest wrestling that's on like the just a random spot in the show. They just it's literally just they go crazy for like two, three months and then it's just never spoken about again. Yeah. I wonder it's like just feel, is it like was it I wonder if it was just some like filled some time and then they really filmed filled in that time. I have a yeah. feeling I have a feeling as well it was a, it was it was definitely a way for <clears throat> Paul Heyman at that time to really kind of be like, yeah, you're getting the better wrestling product on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, nobody really cruiserweight okay. on, on TV. All I've the looked, time. I've looked it up. It's about 2003 that it happens. Um, but yeah, they just they just go they just go brazy for like a couple months and then just disappear and they just do some of the best like cruiserweight stuff you're seeing on TV at that time. Yep. This also that also coincidentally leads to the whole Tajiri and Rey Mysterio tag team, which is like lit, which only survived again for like three months. But what a three months! <laughs> oh, dude, there's like there's there's Tajiri and Rey Mysterio versus Team Angle. Oh, it by all means, I don't. I've, I'm from rem, rem, remembering right. I don't think it goes as hard as it should, but it's still pretty damn good. Man, mm. we people don't realize. I mean, people forget we had it good with SmackDown back in 2003. Yeah, no, but it, it it's like they just they just let him. They just let the two of them just go crazy on SmackDown. Uh, I was going to say, for more information on the uh, on the ruthless aggression era, go go listen to the You Damn Right podcast. But they're chronicling <laughs> the, the ruthless aggression era, <laughs> one episode of one episode at a time. Um, 
I've enjoyed this episode mostly because it was nice to talk about. There's a guy that you tend, I, I feel like for a wrestler, for a lot of people, you tend to forget, but once you bring him up, you realize, oh my God, I enjoyed so much of this guy's matches. Yeah. To a- so much of his, so much of his work was so solid. Okay. So between, between September 2003 and the start of two, and like the, like literally the first of 2004, Rey Mysterio and Tajiri have like four matches mm. and each one of them just like goes unnecessarily hard for a <laughs> random spot on SmackDown. Excellent. They understood. Gotta love it. They understood <laughs> that they had to be better than Raw because they were better than Raw. I mean, oh, they yeah. had a Raw, fucking Triple H being World Heavyweight Champion and no one else being a champion. Listen, listen. I was, I have, and always have been a Monday Night Raw guy. At that time, SmackDown was far away the better product. <laughs> okay, but like, but like, but like, but like, hear me out on this though, right? Raw was too busy having the whole, um, like Triple H Reign of Terror and everything. SmackDown was actually interesting. <laughs> yes. No. Absolutely. Hands down. <laughs> Also, I'm fairly sure at that time SmackDown had Kurt Angle. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, they absolutely yes. did. Yes, so... yes. This was Kurt Angle just coming off of, off of neck surgery after his bro- match. I know. <laughs> <laughs> For more information on that, go and watch Perk Angle's Magnum Opus that I yes. made with Squirrel. <laughs> oh, that is a good enough time to end this episode. As I said, I really enjoyed this one first. I don't know about you. Oh, I love it. Oh, man, it was great. It was a great one. All right, everybody. Next episode is going to change a lot of... It's going to be a little bit of a change here and there. For episode 175, I'm giving the hosting reins to Dan. <laughs> here we go. As we, talked oh, about, as we talked about the man for a little bit, of, for a few moments here on this episode, this episode, I'm really excited. Do you want to actually reveal to the peeps, uh, Dan, what we're going to be doing this episode? Yes. Uh, in the next episode, we will be talking about WWE's attempts to replace Rey Mysterio. Oh, man. Oh, so many thoughts. <laughs> so many thoughts, so many bodies, so many luchadors with delusion, with, with dreams, big dreams that are, that are told. <laughs> That I told to them, whispered to them, and it never happens. It never happens. <laughs> <laughs> that is all coming up on the next episode. I'm so looking forward to that. Until then, I've been Sam. Doing, this has been Dan and Reardon, and somewhere in the ether of New York, Steve. Um, <laughs> this has been the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We will see you, as always, on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. And as Melee's not here, nation. Nice.